0: Yo, commission is in, it's time to sit down to listen to John McGlinn Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad? Now Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. And yo, McGlinn is in, it's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlinn Welcome to Commissioner Evaluation Show. I'm John McGlynn. You can find me on X at JohnMcGlynn75. Last week of the regular season, what do you have to do to get in the playoffs? Where's your team at? Contender, pretender, bottom feeder? Well, let's get to the show. We're going to run through some commissioner questions, week 13 injuries, week 14 waiver wire targets, team by team quick hits, and we'll review, we'll review some trades that went down in the Mighty Movement home leagues. So uh, I went to Anchor Bar this week in Oswego, Illinois, and it was not as good as the one in New York. Uh, I don't know if it was nostalgia just because we were on vacation. Did food just taste better or being away from home? But it just wasn't the same as the one in New York. We came down from Niagara Falls, went to Anchor Bar. And uh, you know, had some beer and wings, and I just like I said, I think everything just tastes better when you're on vacation. So I, I don't know. We'll have to give it a chance again. Maybe bad cook this day or something. Watch football Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That was, uh, was a just beautiful week. The problem was that I worked twelve hour days and stayed up late to watch each game all four of these days. So I got about fifteen hours of whole sleep the whole weekend. So worked sixteen hours yesterday. I'm off today. So let's talk some football. JT, what is new? Oh
1: just uh trying to decide if I'm gonna go to this Missouri uh Ohio State bowl game. So what happened? Still uh still week they were gonna lose that game. And then I turn around and bet on the Steelers anyway, like an idiot and cost me a bunch of parlays. So still trying to figure that one out. Uh, still upset about that and still mad about the Colts losing to the Browns because of the rest or they'd be tied for first place right now. So that's, that's been my week of just being mad about sports. <laughs> Pretty much f- trying to figure it out.
0: I got a friend of mine. Well, I, I, I lives out here. His son's wrestling with my kids. I played head to head versus him in high school. His name is Eric Johnson. He went to San Rita and he went to Pittsburgh. His his son plays defensive line for the Colts right now, and his son's actually playing for Missouri in the game against Ohio State. So I might go to that game to hang out with him. So if you're going there, uh, I, I might now, be. Now uh, I gotta
1: go. I was I was gonna look at tickets tonight and figure out flights and all that. So now I have to go. If you're gonna go? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean that would be cool. That would be cool. Ge- that would be a cool game to see. I think Ohio State's gonna roll them, unfortunately, but uh, it's uh it would be cool just to see Eric and then to see all his kids uh, at the game too. So uh, that's some um, good dude. But uh, Jorge what's going on man what's going on with
2: you? well first and foremost i just want to say thank you very much for having me on the show again Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk shop with you um i do want to say two things before before we get started one that has to be probably the sickest intro music to a show i have ever heard so kudos to you for that um two i am blown away by this draft board you have behind your head right now that looks like super awesome I, I kind of want to lo- know a little bit more about that, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> uh, Herms, Herms NFL. I think everybody knows uh, Herms on the Twitter machines or X machine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he wrote the intro music for me. And then um, I I, I, it, I had a, uh, I'm going to have to look him up. I, somebody did all the, the, the video stuff for me. I'll, I'll, put, I'll say, I'll, I'm i going to mention these guys from now on, on, on the the intro when you uh, say, I should be giving credit every week anyway. But draftkits.com made this board for me. Uh, it's actually rolled up right behind me. I, if I was prepared, I would take it out. But it's a vinyl board, draftkits.com. If you look it up, he's on Twitter. Yeah, It's it's a reusable board. It's got Dan Marino, Josh Allen, my commission evaluation symbol. All of my Mighty McGlynn Dynasty home leagues, I, I, I have I started off with that board. 12 teams, 30 mans. It's got spots for all your names on the bottom. Uh, they're all kind of notes. It's got every pretty much any person you could think of. Uh, Redraft, Dynasty, IDP, you name it. The guy's got stickers for everybody you could think of in the in the NFL. So I think he's moving on to Debbie and things like that too later. So you could have other drafts also. So, I mean, draftkits.com, thanks for noticing the, the board in the background. And uh, thanks, DraftKit.com for making these boards awesome. I, you know, I always had the ones you buy for 18 or 25 hours on Amazon. They get shipped to your house a couple of days with all the stickers. To have a customizable board with my two favorite players all the time in the NFL – Dan Marino and Dan Marino with legs in the form of Josh Allen, both on the same board, is uh, what makes me. I mean, it's looking at that board makes
2: me happy. You know? I can see why, man. It looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. Yeah.
0: So tell me about yourself, where people on Twitter could find you, all that kind of stuff. What makes uh, what makes people want to follow you in, on, uh, in your fantasy football uh, journey?
2: Sure. So uh, I started a website called fantasyandframes.com back in 2017. And I've been slowly building the brand up to where we cover. Uh, Redraft Dynasty IDP DFS Best Ball. Uh, we have you know over 20 people contributing to the site and to all of our content on YouTube and the various social media channels, uh, which you can follow at Fantasy and Frames. Uh, you can find me personally on X at Jorge B Edwards, uh, but you know what? I'd rather you just follow uh, all of us at Fantasy and Frames at Fantasy and Frames. In terms of what I do, uh, I've always been covering redraft and idp fantasy football then got into dynasty been covering that uh been even helping out with some dfs lately so there's it's a wide range of content i like to cover i always like to expand my boundaries and help people you know in terms of providing quality content well-researched content uh and just have fun talking about something in a game that we all have a passion for
0: What's your favorite thing to do in fantasy football? Ranking, podcasting, social media stuff like this. Uh, the the uh, you know uh, you you put out TikToks and uh, you know I do those. You guys make them for me. I do the flex for for, uh, for uh, fantasy and frames, and uh, it's uh, it's it's fun. to all see all the different shows, all the different things. What's your favorite thing that on your site?
2: Uh, so I look, I I'll always love to- i always love going on shows like this and and and, and talking shop. Uh, you know, I did mostly writing, so there, there's still the, the the part of me that still enjoys writing. But you know, you mentioned a, a lot of the behind-the-scene things like the the graphics and the video editing and, and a lot of those things that help repackage our content and put it out there so that people however they want to consume our content, whether it's reading an article, uh, looking at the information through pictures, listening to it and watching it through video, or just listening to it through podcasts, however. People want to consume content as um, we try to make that content for them. And that's really been a majority of my focus this year, uh, more so than other years, just creating and finding ways to repackage the content and to, um, you know, give more avenues for the viewers and the, the people who support us um, ways to you know consume the content.
0: What's your uh, favorite thing to do now in fans, I mean, tell me about a day away from the life. Uh, away from your desk from fantasy content creation, like your family, pets, music. What's your favorite hobby outside of fantasy football, that kind
2: of stuff? Wow. Um, yeah. So first of all, uh, you know, my wife, Melissa, and I, we have a two-year-old golden doodle puppy. So that that takes up, uh, you know, a majority of my time outside of the fantasy football sphere. Um uh, you know it, it's it's kind of interesting you know with all the work we do at fantasy and frames when i do get some free time and i'm not watching football or doing fantasy content i'm not gonna lie there's some napping that's involved <laughs> just to catch up on sleep uh definitely enjoy that but uh just just spending time with the fam you know watching movies i guess that's kind of a big thing about like watching movies i'm a bit of a nerd slash geek when it comes to that so all the marvel movies and all the pro wrestling and all the sports you could try to absorb I, I don't know i'm just a i'm just a big geek who just happens to love fantasy football and watch cool things so
0: <laughs> i was waiting for the star trek to come out i saw you i know you're a Star oh, Trek guy too
2: no oh, number one in my heart star trek will always be i'll tell you that
0: oh uh, that's awesome that's awesome uh what's your favorite food when you're glued to the tv watching red zone on sunday afternoons
2: oh it's wings man and, I, and i'm not talking like the bone uh, boneless wings I, I call those chicken nuggets uh give me the bone in wings the buffalo sauce the hot buffalo sauce. I'm a traditionalist in that regard. Give me that and uh, a tall beer and you know, I and I'm good to go, man.
0: Uh, Hooters, Buffalo Wild Wings, things like that. What's your favorite place?
2: Uh, so I don't like the breaded wings from Hooters, so I'm gonna go with Buffalo Wild Wings in terms of their type of wings. And to be honest with you, while I do like the Buffalo sauce and I do like the different sauces they offer, just give me some naked wings fried with um I'm a blue cheese person. I'm not a ranch person. I don't know if that's a controversial take here or not, Uh, but give me, give me that, give me some wings. I'm happy.
0: Mango habanero with blue cheese is my favorite. That's my go-to the hotter and the hotter the better. Like I, when I go anywhere, I get like, what's the hottest on your menu? Give me one step below that. That's, that's kind of where I'm at in my, uh, my, what's your, what's your blue cheese or ranch JT?
1: I, I, am more of a ranch guy, but I have come to appreciate blue cheese over the years. It was something I didn't like at all when I was younger. And as I've gotten older, I've appreciated uh, the nuance of a really good blue cheese.
0: Yeah, that, I think you can't get the cheap blue cheese dressing stuff that you get in a bottle from like, you know, if you go somewhere you gotta to get mean, the nice
1: stuff. You got to get the good quality blue cheese, like get the nice little crumbles in there. You get the real yeah. stuff that's it's a, it's, a, it's it's a difference maker. I tell people all the time, it's like buying a cheap tequila or a nice tequila. It's yeah. they're not even on the same level. It's not even the same thing. You buy that really nice blue cheese, really good. It's a totally different it's totally different than just the generic stuff.
0: A good black and blue burger with blue cheese crumbles on the side mm-hmm. that you put on there, with with tater tots and 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 dipping cheese on the side to eat it with, man. That's 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 my idea. And a blue moon to go with it, man. That's my idea. Oh, that's of a perfect good meal right there. You're making me hungry, John. Seriously, well, I'm, I'm always. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> I just had five eggs. I had five eggs, and somebody left a steak. And I, I eat better at my house. Than I do at restaurants because all my kids and my family go out to eat, and they leave all these awesome things in the refrigerator for me. So I found a steak from Texas Roadhouse, and somebody left cut it into pieces, threw it in the eggs. I crumbed up some uh, like piece other uh, spices and I put cheese on real nice bread and I ate those sandwiches like that. It was a, it was an excellent breakfast today. So nice, um, sounds good. Yes. All right. So <laughs> I asked you guys a question real fast. So I'm going to jump into it. Oh, you know what? Let's get to the commissioner question first. Uh, there was a debates a handful of debates from Nate Powell and some other people that I saw about uh, tanking this week. Uh, is tanking that setting a lineup? Can, is that considered tanking, or is it is that just an illegal thing? Because I, I I think people have a different idea of what tanking is. For me, tanking is selling off of my all my good older assets in order to get draft picks to rebuild my team. So I don't plan on scoring a lot of points because a lot of it takes usually it takes rookies a couple of years to kind of develop or a year or two anyway. So is, is tanking to you like leaving your lineup blank? Cause I think that's, an, that's called an illegal lineup, not, not a tanking move. So, and, and, and what, what Jorge, what do you consider tanking and do you think it's legal or, or encouraged or, or is it kind of frowned upon?
2: Um, so I, I have a couple different views on this for, for starters. I always believe that no matter what your team situation is, no matter what point of the season you are, whether you're not in contention or if you're in contention or you're somewhere in the middle like, do your best to fill every roster spot on your team if you can. But here's the thing. For Dynasty, uh, if I am, you know, if, and especially if I'm, like, in, in those leagues where you have multiple flex options as opposed to your traditional three wide receiver, two running back tight end, so on and so forth, um, you know, I'm not going to drop a Dynasty asset to pick up somebody off of waivers who I really could care less about just so that I could fill a spot. Like, if, if you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm thinking about the long-term assets, the long-term value of my team. And I'm not going to sell off parts, you know, especially uh, if it's just one spot on my roster, that's kind of be empty. You know, maybe I'll, I'll fill in the spot, put somebody who's out or something or, or, or whatnot, but I don't know. Again, with dynasty, it's, it's so much different from redraft because redraft there are only so many games in the season. You can, you have to pay attention to your roster versus dynasty. You have to listen, you have to deal with it year round. Um, yeah, you know, and, and so then then it comes to the point where it's like, um, you, you mentioned selling off top players for draft picks. There, look, you're playing you, you're playing the long game. If you know you're not, we have this saying on the Dynasty Three Sixty Five show with Tyler Heil and Stacy Perez and Chris Burns, uh, and that is, look, if you're not competing for a title in your Dynasty League, then you're in rebuild mode regardless like nobody's goal is to be in their dynasty league well my goal is to be middle of the pack each season not really in contention but not really doing horribly like no your goal is to win a championship each and every year and assemble your team as you should and if that means taking a step backwards and accumulating picks to sell off assets to get you know ahead you know, to, you know next year and so be it you got to constantly be making moves to help make your team better not just for the immediate but for the the long term as well. Yeah, uh,
1: John, I was going to say, I think Chris Joel Smith was the guy that originally sent it out to us on uh, on Twitter was asking about uh, tanking and all that. I, I think it's always different. Like uh, like Jorge says, it's different when it's a dynasty versus a redraft. I mean, you always have problems with redraft leagues once guys are out of it, just they kind of forget about their team and quit messing with it, which I hate. You know, I, you know, I'm signing up for the season. I'm setting my lineup the whole year. You know, I don't care if my team's terrible or not. I'm putting in a lineup and I'm trying to score my most points. I probably, you know, might be in the minority in that, but I do. But that's also why I've changed a lot of my redraft leagues to keeper leagues. Because uh, at least then – Guys have a reason to like trade off assets for guys that they can keep and keep them somehow involved. Uh, but yeah, I think it every year. I mean, I'm in leagues where we didn't have guys set lineups this last week. They've been out of it for two, three weeks. They have no shot at making the playoffs. And, and, and that's always a tough thing as a commission. What do you do? Do you set your lineup for them? Do you, you know, get in there? Cause obviously if you're a guy needs somebody to knock somebody off, you're upset that they're not setting a lineup, but that's a, I think as, as a commission, that's always a tough thing to figure out how you want to handle that or deal with that. I mean, I think a lot of people always say, Hey, just, you know, well, if the guys outside a the lineup, kick them out of the league, but I don't think it's as easy as just kick people out of the league every time they're not doing something. So it's, it's tough, but, uh, you know, you're hoping in a dynasty if, if guys – my biggest thing is as long as you're not just completely, you know, taking people out of your lineup that you'd usually start on purpose, um, and that's where you go max points for. You know, I, I had a couple leagues that didn't have any – uh rules against max points for and didn't do it they just went straight on record and we had a guy who had a really good team last year that got off to a bad start and he just started sitting like jamar chase like every week it started sitting like all his best players because he's like oh i can get the one one if i don't play anybody i'll just like you know he was setting a lineup he wasn't like putting in uh you know an illegal lineup in but he was just playing his worst players that he could possibly play and again that's where as a commish comes in you gotta you gotta spell that stuff out before the season because again people some people complained about it but like there wasn't a wrong place no one said hey you can't do that so the guy took advantage and he got the 1-1 in the draft now his team might miss the playoffs this year even though he has a loaded lineup maybe that's karma I don't know uh but but that's kind of I guess that's the way it works in fantasy football sometimes
0: yeah there's a there's a handful of first of all some people say if you pay your league fees you could do whatever you want you could do whatever you want with your team right and then it's like well what when all of your league mates are getting easy wins or division mates are getting two wins a year because they're playing that guy who's just what some people consider tanking by not setting an illegal lineup is that an advantage or a perk like i you know is this ground for dismissal after how many times if you tell the guy hey man i don't care how bad your team is you got to set a lineup and it's just three still three blank spots or you know if you it's, you know, how many times you got to say something to somebody before it's like, Hey man, this is your last warning. It's been three times this season already. It's been six times over the last two years. Like when is it time? Like you made the rules, I guess you can vote and put it in the rule book and then next year get rid of them. But you know, after, after how many times can you say like, Hey man, listen, this is the story, either set your lineup or you're out. Kind of we'll we'll get a competitive owner in here kind of thing. I just, I just don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's hard. And I don't want to hear about just paying leafy stuff. That's that's BS. Cause uh, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't just, there's other people in the league who are really, really trying to get screwed over by somebody who just, you know, it's doesn't have any kind of, uh, how do you call it? Like kind of like a team feeling for the league itself. So if this isn't your important, most important league, and you don't want to be here and you're not setting lineups and trying to be competitive, then just go, you know, that, that, that we don't want you in here kind of thing. That's how I look at it. So, uh, anything else to add to that, you guys, uh. I mean,
1: well, John, I was going to say like you, you kind of, you know, we talked about this in the past on the show where you do the X amount of balls, you know, to get the number one pick. So you can't automatically tank and get the one, one. Like you, there's still like an option. Like I do in a couple of my leagues where you actually still have to set a lineup and you actually have to win the one, one, as opposed to lose to get the one, one. Like anybody who doesn't make the playoffs does a little mini tournament to just des- de- de- determine who gets the top pick. And for me, that at least keeps guys playing, keeps guys active, keeps guys from selling off everything just to get the top pick. Um, And and now would that work in every league? I'd probably not. Uh, But it's worked pretty well in a lot of my leagues um, just because it keeps people active and involved because they're like they can't just, you know, set it and forget it and get the one number one pick. They actually have to work for it a little bit. And I think like you said in your league where it's not a guarantee that you have the record, the worst record that you get the one, one, you got to still, you know, there's X amount of balls. There's a little bit of a factor, you know, luck factor in there as well.
0: Yeah, there's that. And there's, if you win the, if you win the toilet bowl, in my, my home leagues, you get pick one thirteen, which is also a perk. So you don't want to get rid of everybody. And second of all, you get uh, the top picks one through six in round one go by it's 40. It's, 36 balls for for the for the least amount of max points for then 25 15 12 um 7 and 5 i think are the last six balls so there's there's perks for for keeping a good team and having the least max points for but trying to win that pick 113 because you could trade for two or three picks in the first round and then you get pick 113 i mean that's you're getting four first round picks by having a competitive team that won the ship bowl you know that kind of thing so it's uh I think leagues like that just keep everything competitive. It's pretty It keeps everything balanced instead of you don't get really too many people get a bad taste in their mouth about the worst teams kind of thing. So, you
2: know, I, I would also add to this, you know, with the, you know, the fantasy football season kind of heading towards a close in the next few weeks and rookie talk is going to start sweeping dynasty, the dynasty landscape now is the perfect time in your dynasty leagues. If you haven't already to draft your league's constitution. Have everything in writing, you know, and do it now as everything is fresh in your mind. As in terms of what has happened this season, get it out of the way. So that way, if an infraction does happen with a commit, with a with a member of the league, hey, this was in writing. You know what you were getting into. You agreed to it. The league agreed to it. You're not going to follow it. Boom, you're out. We'll find somebody who will play by our rules, and that's how it goes.
0: That's how it goes. Is right. Very good. Thank you guys for the commissioner uh, topic this week. So let's get to some injuries uh, that happened so far. The, this last week we had Derek Carr had a um, New Orleans quarterback concussion, shoulder, back, wrist. He's like, you know, he's kind of like a, you know, he's like the, the, the operation game. I think it's something everywhere. Part of his body is broken. So I, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. there. not broken, but he might be out for a while. Then the second concussion this year, you uh, might, you know, Jameis Winston, who we'll talk about later. We talk about it every show. We'll talk about Jameis Winston, but uh, well, um, James Winston will be a topic going on. He may have multiple starts this week. So, Kenny Pickett ankle, uh, you know, from what it sounds like, it's pretty bad. But they're saying by by week sixteen or seventeen, it might be back, which I think is kind of a optimistic. But any other quarterbacks that uh, had injuries that I missed, you guys can think of. Um, no, not no. off the top
2: of that. I I, I. I guess we'll get into streaming options a little bit later, but, like, no, no, nothing in terms of big injuries, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Running back Ramadre Stevenson, of course, because a lot of these guys are on my team, so we'll – you know, this is pretty much – I might as well just – this is what happens when you have a decent team and you get towards the playoffs, all my guys get hurt. But Ramadre Stevenson, running back, right ankle, he's probably out for the rest of the fantasy football season. So if you could trade him for – picks or somebody else's running back that likes Ramadre Stevenson. Somebody has been pecking at your team all week, all year long to try and get Ramadre Stevenson. Now's a good time to trade him away because even if he comes back in week 17, he's probably going to have a limited workload with a high ankle sprain like that. So now's a good time to get draft picks for him or trade for a running back that could get you, uh, you know, in, through the fantasy ball playoffs. Zach Charbo, another guy that's on my teams, knee swelling. Uh, and that might be, knee swelling is funny. You never know. It could be this week only They ice it up. Everything's fine. Or it could be a couple week reoccurring injury. Derrick Henry said he had concussion. Turns out he's not in concussion protocol. So he may play. But uh Taji Spears get in there, get some work, looked really good. And uh that's not a good sign for Derek Henry's workload. DeAndre Swift, chest ribs. That's kind of a – we 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 talk, we tell JT's uh, uh slip and side story every time and how I broke my ribs once, so so it's uh one of those things where it's it's a pain tolerance thing. Um Brian Robinson, hamstring, hammies are another funny thing. Yeah, you know, as we saw just last week with um uh, the Packers wide receiver reoccurring, reoccurring hamstring injuries. So it's um something that that you got to watch out for. Any of your injuries or running backs that I missed, you guys? Uh, I think we're good there, right? Yeah, I
1: think I think it was the, that's the majority of them. So it's gonna see see, are they gonna unleash Antonio Gibson finally? John, your guy, your boy. <laughs> they like are they just gonna play a bunch of Chris Rodriguez and just piss you off even more? Yeah, that's, better uh, <laughs> Robinson's hurt, they you, Chris you, Rodriguez in.
2: You you joke about that, but like let me tell you, uh, you know, around the quote unquote water cooling, I, I live right outside of DC and been a commander's fan all my life, so yes, have mercy. Um but look like they really they're really high on him and there's a reason why he's slowly getting incorporated more uh into this running game so it could you know i i i'm all aboard gibson i think he's gonna have a bounce back you've seen the bounce back uh, the past few weeks especially in the receiving game with him and robinson both being efficient there uh but with no b rob yeah i think gibby is about to, to work some magic here for fantasy managers
0: who's gonna fumble more antonio gibson or chris rodriguez because they're both I mean, Chris Rodriguez was, was kind of a fumbler in college, so I—if I, I, there's nothing, there's anything that pisses off Chico more than fumbling. I don't know what it is, but that's that's the only reason Antonio Gibson gets in the doghouse. He looks like lightning and thunder, you know, next to Brian Robinson, but he never gets on the field. And as soon as he starts doing good, he fumbles, and then it's back to the doghouse. So it's—we unfortunately this is the first week in like ten weeks. JT, I didn't ask an Antonio Gibson question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I had to bring it up, I was like, I didn't see. Antonio Gibson now. Get
0: it out of the way then. Wide receiver, Tank Dell, Houston, probably you know, out out for the year, that kind of deal. Uh left fibula, um, probably out for the fan football playoffs, but out for the whole probably NFL season. Amari Cooper concussion, screening, the you know, concussions are funny. We talk about that every week. How they're you know, sometimes it turns out like it was a looked like a mile one and it's it's a three or four-week injury. Puka Nakua ribs, those are always the rib stories. Uh it's a pain tolerance issue. Hollywood Brown, a heel. Uh, I don't know the extent of that yet. It seems like it's gonna be a week 15 or week 16 kind of thing. But um I, I that's to be determined. Christian Watson, hamstring, like he was I forgot to mention him, his name earlier, but uh he had a hamstring issue. He had one early in the season reoccurring. It looked pretty bad in the game. If you watch the game, he went down like grabbing his hamstring. After the game, he was walking around, like kind of smiling, joking that they won, celebrating a big win uh versus the Chiefs. But uh, you know, those running full speed and walking around shaking hands at the end of the game is two different stories. So any other wide receivers I left off the list here
2: guys? Uh Christian Kirk with the groin injury looks like he's out. Uh, I think the I think Ian Rappaport said yesterday the soonest he could come back is if the Jaguars made it to the championship game and or if even the Super Bowl. So he's he's droppable in redraft and dynasty sucks, you know.
0: And I don't know how I left Trevor Lawrence off the quarterback injury list. I have no idea how I forgot about that. But uh, he's uh, the reason I'm starting Zach Wilson this week because I have no quarterbacks on my team. So I'm into one of those guys who's uh, there's nobody left in the 12 team, 25 man rosters with no kicker, no defense. There's no quarterbacks. I tried trading for a couple, but I uh, I'm I'm going to have to start Zach Wilson whether he plays or not, whether he decides to kind of get his feelings back in check and 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 start. I might get a zero at quarterback this year by necessity or this week by necessity because. I have uh, uh, I have quarterbacks on buys and an injured injured Trevor Lawrence, so it is what it is. A tight end, Tyler Higby, uh, concussion, uh, that's the same thing. It could be a week, could be three weeks. We'll, we'll never know, so we'll know. So any other tight ends?
2: Uh, well, news did come across uh, earlier that Dawson Knox should be coming off of IR, so that's one less injured tight end that you have to worry about for your rosters. Great. Now I can't enjoy Cleo Shakir anymore because Dawson Knox is going to come back.
0: <laughs> All right, waiver wire for week 14. Uh, quarterbacks Gardner Minshew, Minshew JT's favorite quarterback in the league. Gardner Minshew from the Colts, Joe Flacco from the Browns, Jameis Winston from the Saints. You might get a couple weeks because the uh, the concussion thing. So, uh, those are my three like kind of go to. There's there's tons of quarterbacks out there that you can probably stream, but any other recommended quarterbacks you guys should pick up in a waiver wire this week?
2: Um, you know, we saw Stafford finally have his first like 20-point game or his first or second 20-point game last week. Uh he could be available. I think on Sleeper he is under 60% or 50% rostered. Um so that's somebody to pay attention to. But uh, I really like the the Flacco recommendation here. You know, who who knew? Who knew that he still had the arm to make all the throws there? Um it, it, You know, you mentioned Minshew already and you mentioned uh, Flacco, but I think Stafford, yeah, he's 51% rostered on sleeper. So there's a chance that he's out there in some of your leagues that you could potentially pick him up.
0: Yes. Um, Real fast, we just got done talking running backs, but um, stack team, eight PPR roster, need two running backs in a flex Kyron Williams, A Chain, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Waite, uh, Jalen Waddell, and Mike Evans. I mean, it's a pretty good. Some pretty good players to choose from. I think um real fast, you guys want to chime in? Just pick t- two and a flex. Pick three of the best out of these ones. JT?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to think who's playing who this week. Obviously, Mike Evans has been on fire. I, I mean, I got I to play Mike Evans in my flex probably. And then running backs – Probably Kyron Williams. It's so hard not to play. A- a- H.A. is like, he's just, it seems like he always ends up blowing up and getting huge points. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying not to start Jacobs and Barkley, but man, it's, I, I think I might go that route. That's a, that's a tough call.
2: Jorge? Yeah, I, I actually, I actually agree. Uh, the Rams are taking on Baltimore, but just the volume alone for Williams. And in the fact that the Rams can stretch it with the wide receivers to kind of keep the defense honest there in terms of stacking the box versus not stacking the box, so I like on Williams and A-Chain. Uh and I'm right and I'm right there with Mike Evans. This guy, all he does is just make big plays after big play after big play every week. Waddle, you know, he is the wide receiver two. Evans is the clear-cut wide receiver one. We saw Chris Godwin. Is his usage is just not been there that we've all been hoping for especially a year coming off of the ACL you figured that they you know the the medical experts out there they always like to say well it's the second year after a wide receiver comes back from an ACL that they they resume full function and for whatever reason whether it's baker whether it's the scheme, or or whatever uh you know Evans has got a firm stranglehold on this wide receiver course so give me A chain Williams and Evans yeah
0: i'm just I'm a Josh Jacobs guy. He's always going to be in my heart. So I'm going to go Jacobs just because he's going to get 20 some carries plus the receptions out of the backfield. So uh, that's and, – and Rashad White has been on fire lately. I, I, I traded him way earlier in the season for peanuts because I didn't think he was going to pan out this year. And it seems like every week he gets better. I mean, it's, it, it, it's ridiculous. But I, I don't know what – it's a good problem to have to have all these players on one team. So that's – uh That's that's good. And then he got the same guy says now's an awful time to trade away. I I spent something about trading away Ramadre Stevenson. Now's an awful time to trade away an injured guy. Don't act like the package is going to be any type of good. LOL. I don't know what the what the rest of Ramadre Stevenson's career is going to look like, because being on the Patriots and getting volume is a good thing right now. But when you're going to be 26 years old in the free agent market, uh, you know, or or they're going to probably import another running back somewhere. I, I'm not sure that you want that remodel or uh, my Stevenson is a huge hold right now for anybody. Uh, so I don't know about that. And then Brian Failer sit one of these players Jefferson Diggs, Amon Ra, St. Brown, uh, Kamara, Kamara, B John, or Kyron Williams. Sit one of these guys. I'm not sitting Jefferson, even though he's, he's you know, he doesn't care about your fans' football leagues, but when he's playing, he got you got to play him. Amon Ra, I'm I'm, I'm playing him probably. <laughs> I mean, Brian asked me about this during the week. I, I don't. Bijan's playing Tampa Bay, so that's the only thing that kind of concerns me about that one. I, I, I unfortunately, I, the up and down games with Bijan. I'm just going to have to say probably probably Bijan here. i do not. know. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, out of these, I think I would actually go. I think I would actually go Kyron just because the Ravens are allowing the uh the seventh or eighth uh fewest points to the running back position um so but i mean i don't. i personally don't think jefferson's playing so this is a no this is a moot point i i think jefferson i don't know there's something something off there uh but if i had to pick one assuming everybody's playing i think it'd be kyron jt
1: yeah i'm probably between i'm probably between Kyron or Kamara probably uh yeah I would Jeff It's funky I'm not sure I consider
0: you breaking up a little bit um but it's 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 a tough one I it, I don't think there's these are really really tough choices to choose from between having uh you know, having to sit one of these guys. So, Brian, it's a good problem to have in any league to have all these guys and having the one guy to sit out of, you know, all of them. So,
1: JT, you're back. What would you say real fast? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I kind of froze up there for a second. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, for me, if Jefferson plays okay, I don't know if he's going to play, so he'd probably be my first sit. But if he ends up playing, I would probably say Kamara or Kyron. That would be – I'd be between those two guys.
0: You'd play. You guys would both play Bijan just because he had a, t- a, a, a lot of work last week.
2: Well, he's been, he's been saying something. Falcons work, are always
1: going to run.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, there you go, Brian. It's not in our league, so I can give you advice. I'm not playing you this week anyway, so we're good. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, back to the show sheet. Uh, wide receiver. Uh, um. Oh, we didn't do uh, running backs. Uh, Zeke Elliott, Patriots. Roshan Johnson, Bears. Who I'm crossing my fingers at some point in time is going to finally get take this job over. My guy, Kenny G, Kenny Gainwell from the Eagles. DJ Jalis is kind of the, uh, you know, the last of the, the last of importance in this running back wise. Do uh, you think Zeke's gonna get the full workload here uh, out of these guys? Do I did I miss anybody? Who do you like in this group?
2: Yeah, I. I... I think Zeke is going to get the full workload. How efficient that's going to be is a different story. You're not going to get, you know, prime Dallas Zeke Elliott getting a full workload in terms of performance. But uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys who like is in my perspective, he's one of those like grinded out yard by yard type of running backs at this point in his career. Um, so depending on really who's the quarterback and who's going to be moving the ball down the field, you um, you know, if they're able to get within the five-yard line or within the 10-yard line, I feel more comfortable with Zeke. But uh, my favorite here is Roshan. We still don't know if Foreman is going to play this week, and we saw him take the majority of snaps, uh, you know, when they played Minnesota. So, um, yeah, I, I do like – I like Kenny Gable. I really like DJ Dallas uh, in terms of we don't know what's happening with Charbonnet, and we don't know what's happening with Kenneth Walker. Um, uh but uh, yeah, Roshan is definitely my favorite out of the list here. JT,
0: oh, I think he froze up again. Uh, all right, so wide receiver Elijah Moore, Noah Brown, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Jones from the Jaguars. Uh, Elijah Moore just seems to be the favorable, favorable target for Joe Flacco here, and I, I like Elijah Moore. I think he's a talented wide receiver, and um, I'm glad I held on to him. If this pans out for through the playoff run, Noah Brown's going to get some uh, volume now. Jalen Hyatt just seems to be. I was super wrong on Jalen Hallett. I, 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 like I say, I switched him and Jamison Williams. I, I my complete, I was a, the table pounder for Jamison Williams and could not stand Jalen Hallett coming out. And I've got rid of Jamison Williams and imported Jalen Hallett on almost every one of my teams. So, uh, Jory, this list of wide receivers. First of all, what about those guys and anybody else you want to add?
2: So I, I, I really am excited for Noah Brown. You know, he he plays outside. We saw the the two games where it was either Dell out or Nico Collins out. He comes in, he posts over 100 yards, he posts over 20 fantasy points in half PPR. Um, you know, if anything, uh, filling in for um, Tank Dell could be Woods, it could be Mechie, they could move him around. But, you know, with the fact that Noah Brown still plays on the outside, as opposed to moving inside in the slot, uh, I like I like him out of the group. Elijah Moore uh, is right there behind him. Um, you know, a lot of people want to talk about Parker Washington and, and, and the fact that as soon as Christian Kirk went down on Monday night, he came in and had a had his breakout game as a rookie, right? But the the next couple of games are going to be kind of tough against wide receivers in terms of defensive matchups. So people may want to uh, have not put a lot of Fab or. Put a high waiver priority on him this week, um, with a backup quarterback be, also. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, tight ends: Gerald Everett, Previn Jordan, uh, who I like a lot. Isaiah Likely, Tucker Craft, Greg, Greg, Kate Otten, Greg Dulcich, coming off IR. Uh, a lot of tight ends on this list this week to pick up. Um, tight ends are kind of a frustrating position, but who do you like the most out of these guys? And did I miss anybody?
2: Uh, you know, if Dalton Schultz wasn't coming back, I'd be I'd be pro Brevin Jordan. You know, the uh, CJ Stroud has the most passing yards after this past week and the NFL second uh, is, is uh, Sam Howell. So I would have liked to be Jordan. But with, with Schultz coming back, like I said, that kind of decreases his value a little bit. Give me uh, give me Gerald Everett, though. Uh, you know, he's he's been producing lately. Uh, he seems to be the de facto number two option there uh, in the red zone. For uh Justin Herbert, uh, followed by Kraft, Otten, uh Tucker and Dulcich are kind of I mean, I'm staying away from those to be honest with you, if I can.
0: Yeah, especially Dulcich cut. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. Guys had hamstring problems in college and and then in the pros his entire career. He's gotta go see, get some go to some stretch camp or something like that to stretch out his uh his hamstrings, but K. Dotton's asleep. Uh, you know, he, he's he's always on the field. He's a good blocker. He's, uh, you know, I like him a lot anyway. Uh, but as far as fantasy is concerned, he's a, more of a ball kind of guy. So, Kraft's filling in a position right now for an injured um, – why am I not – who's the Packers tight end Why am I not f- – oh, Musgrave.
2: Musgrave. Uh, Musgrave, <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, Brevin Jordan I've liked. I've had on my team for a couple years now. Oh, is it? He's his third year in the league, I think. But uh, I like him, and I just I just wish they didn't sign uh, – um, oh, my God, I don't know why I'm having brain farts today. Schultz. Schultz. I wish they didn't sign Schultz because Brevin Jordan is one of those players I think could, could be special in this league if uh, when he gets a full opportunity and everything's running right with a good quarterback. So, JT, any tight ends I missed here?
1: Um, I don't think so. Sorry about that. I'm having a little bit of internet issues, so I'm back in. All right, all right.
0: All right, let's run through these uh, NFL news and rumors. I'm going to ask you guys a question about uh, team-specific for each team. I'm just trying to keep it to like 10, 15-second answer real fast, uh, just kind of get to the point and just say, this is what I think. So, Jorge, we'll start with you. The Bears are rumored to be looking at Eric Bieniemy as their next head coach. Is that the right move after watching the commander's offense this year?
2: It's the right move for whoever they have at quarterback. You know, needless to say, the passing offense for Washington has been – uh, has been amazing in terms of Sam Howell, in terms of the quarterback passing yards. Uh, I'm a little concerned as far as what they're planning to do at wide receiver. It almost would be like a translational move, whoever they brought in. Um, uh, for fantasy purposes, you know, the, the there's not a wide receiver for the commanders in the top 20 in yards. For rushing, uh, Robinson is number 16 in rushing yards. So uh, concern for fantasy for real football, I think it's anything's an upgrade creatively, offensively, schematically than what they have now.
0: So if the Bears imported Marvin Harrison Jr., do you think they should take, keep, just keep Justin Fields from another year and just see if if a new coach and better players is the problem and it's not Justin Fields?
2: Well, I, I always believe you build around you, – you, you create the supporting cast and then you bring in the rookie to make life easier for the rookie. So um, I, would, I would get Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison, yeah, and then um, bring in the enemy – and keep Fields. You know, maybe it's a one or two year deal or something like that. Um, but let's let's build a supporting cast with Chicago. And then, if you need to draft a quarterback, cool. You have the weaponry in place already with DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison.
0: Yeah, it's um sign the fifth year option, keep him around for one more year. And then if it doesn't work out, trade him to somebody for his fifth. Year. You know, I guess you can't trade him when you still in the fifth year option. But um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I'm I'm okay with keeping Fields another year. JT, could any quarterback look at, like a star in this offense like Jake Browning? Like or is Jake Browning actually good?
1: I mean, it helps the players around him. I think they set up a good game plan. I'm obviously Jamar Chase makes everyone look good, uh, but I, I think he played a really solid game. I mean, I'm on Twitter looking at you know talking to Steelers fans I'm like we can't get any production whatsoever, and they Jake Browning comes in and throws for 300 and a bunch of touchdowns. It's I know a bunch of fan bases are frustrated when they saw that, but I I, I mean I think Jake Browning is a decent player. I mean he was pretty good in college, and I I think it's a friendly system. Something that helps when you have all those offensive guys around you, but uh, we'll we'll see. It's it's a one game, you know. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, when one guy has a huge game one time, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate to every week. All right, Bills, is Cleo Shakir a
0: thing in this offense? Because I'm sick of playing the Cleo Shakir, Gabe Davis uh, roulette game on my roster. And we just talked about Dustin Knox coming back now too. So is Cleo Shakir like a hold on your on your on your? On your roster or is he someone that you Just trade away right now for picks
2: You know look like since Week nine he's number one in receiving yards for The bills reception receiving yards per game Yards at the catch per reception um, Third in points Per game and a half uh, And in full the only problem is Is he's fourth in target share behind Kincaid Diggs, and Gabe Davis Only has a 10.2% target share Look the efficiency metrics are there But if he's not getting more looks like I don't There's no point you, you know the Bills, uh, it's Josh Allen first, uh, then it's Diggs, and now it seems to be Kincaid. And, it, it you know, there's a reason why this offense has looked stagnant, although, albeit last time they played with the new offensive coordinator, they kind of looked ba- They looked better. Um, but Shakir needs more looks, man. I, I can't co-sign on, on starting him without more uh, target opportunities. Yeah, JT, Broncos,
0: is it time to move on from Marvin Mims, or is he a hold seeing how this majority of the wide receivers don't pan out after – a, you know, they hardly ever pan out of year one.
1: I, I mean, I like Marvin Mims. I just, I, he's had a hard time figuring out where he fits in this offense. Um, I'm not giving him up unless somebody like loves him and it absolutely is giving me a huge deal for him. I'm holding him. I, I just think, you know, sometimes these rookies blow up and then everybody expects every ro- rookie to blow up their first year. And that just, it's not realistic. I think, uh I think we want to see where, uh, the Broncos go with their wideouts next year. I think here's a chance he gets uh, he gets a lot more looks next season. So I'm holding Mims. I'm trading everywhere I possibly can to get Mims on my teams. And the
0: people who like Mims like Mims, and the people who don't don't. The people that have like Mims have my on their team, and he's not going anywhere. So it's kind of a tough sell right now. Uh, let's see where we at. Uh, Jorge Browns, would you rather have Elijah Moore or Cedric Tillman on your dynasty, dynasty roster right now? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I, I like more. He, look, he's just been inc- he's just been incorporated more into this receiving game. I, you know, there is the the upside for Tillman, but he's just again. I like the follow opportunities. Uh, he's fourth in the pecking chart, and target share amongst wide receivers on the on and tight ends on the team. Uh, again, it's not. It's just about the opportunity, and you know we don't know what Amari Cooper situation is going to be after next year. Does he stay with the Browns? Does he move on? Do they let him go? Do they trade him? You never know. And I think if um, have given the opportunity more could be a successful wide receiver one in Cleveland.
0: Very good. JT Buccaneers, what's the best landing spot to recharge Chris Godwin's career in
1: 2024? Oh, that's a good question. Um I'm not sure what the situation is there. I'm not sure why he's not getting more involved. Um I'm sure there's a ton of teams that would love him. I mean, I guess it depends on the cost and what it, what it would uh, would take to get him. But uh, I think there's a lot of places he would actually fit. Um, and maybe you know, maybe it is one of those things where he just needs needs a new setting. Maybe you know that will jumpstart him, and and somebody can figure out how to use him. And he's been frustrating this year. I'm just really surprised at how little they've used him. It, it, it's kind of shocking because it's not like outside of Mike Evans. Uh, they've had a lot of anyone else doing a ton, so it's kind of kind of surprising, honestly. But I, I think a lot of teams could use him. He was
0: getting tons of targets earlier in the, the year. I just don't understand why his his production just went away. But yeah, I, again, I'm hoping he goes somewhere that needs a slot receiver that has a big volume offense. So uh, we'll see. Um, I'd like to see him. <clears throat> excuse me. I'd like to see him go to Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence and just get pelted over there. That'd be nice. Jorge Cardinals. When does Michael Carter? When does Michael Carter take over this backfield?
2: I, I don't think this even this season. As long as James Connor remains healthy, you know, the past two weeks we've seen uh, 132 rushing yards for Connor to 44 for Michael Carter. You kind of know at this point with Michael Carter, or at least you do in college. He was a one-two punch type of running back, wasn't a carry of the load type of uh, player. You saw what he did with Javante Williams at North Carolina. So I think he's going to be a complimentary piece for this offense as long as James Conner is starting running back. And even if Conner is let go for some reason, because just look at the guy just can't stay on a field a full season. um, I still don't see Carter being the guy who just is the bell cow for any team, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I know. Especially with the the Trey McBride kind of resurgence here, taking out the middle of the field. I'm not sure there's going to be too many dump offs for, for running back. So it is what it is, but I'm a Michael Carter guy. So I have to ask Michael Carter questions. JT Chargers, what causes the Chargers not to get the ball
1: in the, in the end zone? This team has been fr- extremely frustrating. I I just, I mean, if I could take one team that I've lost more bets on this season, it's probably the Chargers. I mean, I just can't understand this team, how they're not better. They've got a lot of talent. Obviously, the wide receiver is a problem. But uh, I don't know with Eckler and everything else, how they can't get in the end zone more. It, it just blows my mind. Uh how I mean, I, I see people out there questioning Herbert. I'm like, man, Herbert is an absolute stud. And the fact that people are out there questioning whether he's actually good or not because of how bad this offense has been, it, it just kind of blows my mind.
0: Yeah, it's it's terrible. Jorge, Chiefs, the Chiefs just seem to be, they have no sense of urgency, it seems like. Are they just bored with the offense or mad because of someone else who drops a game-winning pass every week? What's the story here?
2: <laughs> the story is, you know, uh cockiness to be honest with you we 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 saw the chiefs and we saw the success they had last year and like oh we don't need tyree kill we don't need a true number one wide receiver we'll just pass it to people all around the field and make it work and then down the stretch of the field it's like oh we'll just make it the pacheco and and more importantly the jarek mckinnon show and travis kelsey and and my thought process is like why did they stop doing that this season like obviously it was working i guess they want to develop more players that you know um Rasheed Rice is somebody who they should probably getting the ball more to than MVS, to be honest with you. I don't know why he's all of a sudden becoming somebody that they're trusting. Um, You know, they're, they're picking the wrong players to give the opportunities to and not putting the ball in their best playmakers' hands, to be honest with you.
0: For MVS to run all those wind sprints and then just get needed one time the whole year long and drop it in the end zone, like, it's like, come on, man, like, you had one job. like you didn't He's do it done it his
1: whole career. Nine it's like, why are you expecting anything different now? I mean, he's that's what he's done his entire career, run deep and drop the pass. It's
0: like Featherstone, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's
1: <laughs>
0: absolutely terrible. Um, JT, Colts, Minshew Mustache Mania will get home as a starter next season, or is he just a career backup?
1: Oh man, I, I I really like what he's done this year with them. Uh, you know, turnovers have still are an issue. I mean, outside of the turnovers, he's looked really good. Man, he's got some real bad turnovers that have cost him this year. I. <laughs> You know, with how bad the QB play in the league has been, you'd think he gets a shot, but I'm not sure. I, I honestly think the Colts keep him, and he stays as a backup to AR, especially since, you know, we've seen the injury already this year. He's a guy that runs the ball. He's going to take some hits. I think they're going to need a solid backup for him no matter what in his career. I think he stays on the Colts, and he's probably a backup. Yeah, AR injuries in it. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say you put Minshew on the Steelers in replacement of Kenny Pickett. How high are you bumping up Steelers skill players on your uh, in your rankings? That
1: is an absolute fantastic question I hadn't thought of, but I actually, I mean, I think they actually are better. I, I mean, I've been a Kenny backer all year and I am starting to waver big time. I just, he is not seeing the field, he's missing open guys. This spin move out of the pocket has just been a disaster. He doesn't step up when he needs to. Um, I actually think all the Steelers players bump up on my list if Minshew is actually the QB there. I he again the biggest issue for him has been turnovers. If he hasn't turned over the ball, that's the times he's looked bad. He's looked really good outside of the turnovers.
0: It, this is like if Alien and Predator had a baby for JT. It's like his two favorite things. because like, he loves a, he's a cold season ticket holder and he loves the Steelers. So if like Minshew went to the Steelers, he'd probably buy Minshew underwear at that point in time. They would be like best I game probably game. would. <laughs> uh, Jorge Cowboys, do the Cowboys bring back Brandon Cooks next season or is it Jalen Tolbert, Tolbert's time to shine?
2: Uh, it they they absolutely should and they probably will bring back Brandon Cooks. Uh, look, he he is we saw since the bye, uh, Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy were like, mm, we have this other wide receiver besides CeeDee Lamb, we need to keep. You know, involved in this offense. Let's let's give it to this guy, and it's worked wonders. Jalen Tolbert, I think, is the replacement for, and this hurts me very deeply. The replacement for Michael Gallup, because we've seen, uh, you know, the target share numbers, uh, for, uh, for Tolbert, you know, increase, uh, more over Gallup's you know, target share of eight point nine percent since week ten, for Tolbert only five point seven for Gallup, just. Gallup is far from the wide receiver he was when he had that thousand yard season. And it's just, it's about time they move on.
0: Yeah. just I, I, uh, Cooks is going to be 31 years old and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Plus the money issue. And, you know, I don't know. I, I like cooks a lot too, but I, I this is my trying to uh, say how much I like Jalen Tolbert and why I want him to be the number two receiver on the Cowboys kind of cry here. So it, it is what I'm surprised you root for you. You got anything nice to say about the Cowboys as a commanders fan. That's kind of a, that's, that's a little weird. He helps
2: me through a tough time during a tough fantasy season. Let me just put it like that. And so I'll always be uh, appreciative to Michael Gallup, but uh, the player, not the team. So
0: very good, very good. JT Dolphins. Devin HA's big playability is wonderful, but is he going to be a long-term dynasty asset at 188 pounds?
1: Oh, it's it's tough. I mean, the guy makes great plays. Is he as good of a player on another team as he is on the Dolphins? I don't necessarily think so I think the dolphins are just kind of that perfect spot for him uh, I'm worried about him staying healthy. I think he's gonna be one of those guys if you get eight to ten games out of him a year you're gonna be pumped and he's gonna be super, you know the guy you're gonna plug in the lineup every time he's out there but i I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of knick-knack injuries for him over his career. I hope that's not the case. I hope he figures out how to stay healthy, but it, it, it's not a good sign here in the first season how much he's been nicked up. Yeah, he's like a finely tuned, well-oiled
0: machine. You know, if anything goes wrong or a little bit off, I don't think he'll be the same player that, it, you know, unless you can run that four or three speed. You know, that, that's that's definitely his calling card. Jorge Eagles, you're getting all the good uh, teams here for your favorite <laughs> division. Is Devonta Smith the most underrated wide receiver two in the league right now?
2: Yeah, he uh he is, you know, we go back to since week uh week eight. Uh, seven targets, fifteen point nine PPR, three eleven point one, eight targets nine point nine, eight targets 16.6, 11 targets fifteen point six. On the season in PPR, he's the wide receiver sixteen with fifteen point three points per game. Um like what what more do you have to say about this guy? You know, since week ten, he's wide receiver six in yards per game, just just just, uh, you know, I understand there's this whole debate going back and forth like, oh, well, is it Devonta Smith? Is it A.J. Brown? Who's the true one? And then for most of the season, it's been A.J. Brown and people have been like slandering Devonta Smith. Like, oh, see, I told you he wasn't really a one. Well, he's playing pretty damn good and he may not be the one, but he's probably the best wide receiver, too. You can find out there.
0: Damn straight. Good answer, Jorge. That's what I want. That's why you came here. <laughs> I love that. He's my favorite player in the NFL, I think, right now. this uh, most underrated guy. I, I love him. JT Falcons, I know the Jets' pass defense is really good, but only one target to any wide receiver is just ridiculous. Are you trying to buy low on Drake London, or is he just an avoid altogether?
1: Uh, I, I'm i not a Drake London guy, and it's not because I don't like Drake London. I just don't believe that this coaching staff, and tell as the coaching staff change. I just don't think they're ever going to change their philosophy. They're going to want to run the ball. No matter what, whether it's working or not, they're going to pound the rock. And, it, you know, they're going to just throw as little as they possibly have to. Um, so I, I'm not all out on Drake London, the player per se. I'm just out on the situation right now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely tough.
1: Definitely
0: tough. Jorge 49ers, George Kittle may not, may not be the league's leading scorer, but he's the team's MVP for all he does in this offense. True or false?
2: Uh, he's he's the break, cla- break glass in case of emergency and sometimes the focal point of this passing offense. Uh, you know, we saw it last week, Debo. We've seen it all season, Iuke. Uh, we've seen, you know, the big games, the big breakout games in George Kittle. But, you know, they're just a complete package there, and Kittle offers them such an upside at that position more so than any other team, I think, outside of the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, so yeah, he he's definitely their team's MVP, I believe.
0: The way he blocks downfield for receivers, Kiddo, but I, you know, I there was a bunch of clips from underbound. I, I retweeted one too about him. He, he blocked two guys in the corner of the end zone to get Debo Samuel a, a score from like the 12 yard line. Debo went around Kittle, and he walled off. He kind of pianoed two two a uh, uh, quarterback and a safety, which is not really hard to block cornerbacks, but safety sometimes they're a whole different animal. And, and he goes downfield on running plays, on passing plays. He's opens things up for the rest of this team. And you know, without him on a team, I'm not sure the team would be as successful as they are. Which, you know, it, it maybe his uh, fantasy ball stats don't don't you know don't point that kind of stuff out. But as a team player, the guy's invaluable as a as a, as, a, as an asset in a starting offense, in my opinion. So, JT Giants is Jalen Hyatt a better dynasty target than Michael Michael Wilson, Quentin Johnson, Jonathan Mingo, or Marvin Mims at this point in time?
1: Ooh, that's – I don't think he is over all those guys. I would take him over Quentin Johnston. I'm just not a Quentin Johnston guy. Uh, I'd rather have Mims. I'd rather have Wilson. I'd rather have both those guys than Hyatt. But I I also wasn't real huge on Hyatt coming out. Um he him and Johnson were two of the guys I was probably lowest on in this draft class. And I just didn't want either one of them. Um I didn't take them, either one of them almost anywhere. Uh so I'd rather have Wilson or Mims. Um, but I'm probably neck and neck on Johnson and Hyatt. I'd probably go the upside of Hyatt over Johnson at this point. Yeah. Uh Jorge Jaguars.
0: Is Trevor Lawrence generational, but he or you know does he really need a true number one in this roster to bully Ridley Kirk and Ingram into just uh, like role players kind of thing, right? I mean, what I'm saying, I guess, is Trevor Lawrence needs a real number one on his team next year to to have this offense really. Even though they're good, they could be so much better if he had a go to guy, right?
2: Um. Well, look. if he's truly generational, then he could make it work with a very solid wide receiver twos. The only issue is, is this year, you're not seeing Ingram having the same success he had the year before. Calvin Ridley, look, I think all of us in the fantasy community coming into this season really overestimated Calvin Ridley's upside. And I'm not talking about the fact that he had a year off and we should be patient with that. You know, in Atlanta, we we loved Calvin really remember he was the two behind Julio he wasn't the one okay so um, he he showed a trajectory you know towards going up to being maybe that one role and then he had to go screw it up uh, with the gambling and he comes it takes a year off he comes to Jacksonville he gets traded to the Jacksonville you know maybe next year he'll keep that you know, ascension going but right now whoever's the quarterback whether it's Lawrence or or uh, wh- whoever, Beathard is it now in, in Jacksonville? A uh, bunch of wide receiver twos and an underperforming pass-catching tight end.
0: Yeah, it, it, I, I think even generational quarterbacks still need some kind of like, uh, some kind of help. Anyway, I, it, you can only go so far with, you know, in a rowboat, even even if you are the best, you know, sailor in the world. So, <coughs> it is what it is. I, JT. Jets?
1: Do you blame Zach Wilson for telling the Jets to piss off? <laughs> I, this story is is wild to me, but I, I mean, I personally, I don't know who thought that Tim Boyle was the answer or going to make any difference whatsoever. To, to me, that was mind boggling, just a baffling move. Like, not that Zach Wilson's been amazing, but it's why are you not sticking with him? Why are you not playing him? You kept him as your number two. You didn't go out and get anybody else. I, I just didn't make it didn't make any sense to me that they sat him thinking that Tim Boyle somehow was gonna make this huge upgrade over Wilson. And if I was Wilson, I'd be probably pretty pissed off about it too, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I think all these other backup quarterbacks are coming on the league and actually doing things and maybe the Jets just kind of see what they had to have what had to see what they had. The other guys maybe give it a chance only I could think of, but I mean what what is, I is mean, the future is Zach uh, Wilson, anyway. If, he, if if somebody else goes down, what are you going to do? Or else you're you're drafting a new quarterback. You're waiting for Rodgers, which is probably not going to happen now. But man, I, I I guess if I was Zach Wilson, I'd be super pissed right now, too. Just get, I mean, like, dude, get out of here, man. This is bullshit. I, I'd be so sick of it. Just trade me away if you're not going to use. Yeah, it seriously.
1: Get yeah, get rid of me. Trade me somewhere else, and I'll figure and see if I can make it work somewhere else. But yeah, I just I mean, Tim Boyle's a guy. Nothing against Tim Boyle, but I just I he's a guy I'm always shocked is even in the league. I I really am. I'm like, why is this guy on a roster? And yet he keeps making rosters. and keeps people keep playing him. And I'm like, why? Why are you playing him? He's never been good in his entire career. And so it it doesn't make any sense to me. Honestly, they should have just stayed with Zach Wilson. And, you know, for, for, you know, for what it is, if he's bad, he's bad. But you got to play him. Yeah. Jorge, Lions,
0: Jamison Williams will only be a best ball gimmick player at this level in the NFL. True or false?
2: True. true there's right. nothing that he's done that shows you otherwise good man good answer truth jt they, uh, I,
0: what was his uh J. it said he said don't call me jaymo anymore call me uh call me uh God. i forgot what he said his name was but it, like pretty much to the extent of i need more targets kind of thing jt packers is this a good stretch for Jordan Love or see the future in Green Bay, like uh, in the long list of Hall of Fame quarterbacks?
1: Well, I, I'm still, I'm still not sure what I think about Jordan Love. I think he's played well um, going going on here, but again, I think we we're just way too quick to judge these guys. We're not giving them any time. I mean, the guy's not even a full season in to being a starter and it's like oh he's awesome oh now he's terrible oh now he's awesome again it's like i mean guys are gonna have ups and downs guys are gonna have good games are gonna have bad games i think it's gonna take some time to figure out whether he is really the man or not obviously if you're the packers you've waited this long you gotta give him uh, i think you gotta give him a little bit of a leash um and he's played he's played solid but i but i'm not I'm not totally sold. I'm not out there buying up Jordan Love anywhere at this point, but uh, I, I I think he's got a shot to be decent. I just don't know what his ceiling is just yet.
0: He's got like eerie similarities to like Aaron Rodgers, kind of like the way he like moves and throws. Like it, it's like man, it's it's disgusting as a Bears fan to like watch him kind of like dance around the pocket and throw these sidearm kind of like, you know, I mean, they showed that stupid graphic out where he jumped in the air and threw a ball, which I don't really, you know, that's the Brett Favre one and the Aaron Rodgers one and then him doing it too. That's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But just the way that he moves and kind of throws sidearm and does watching Aaron Rodgers tear at the bear for so many years, which I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm more of a fantasy fan than I am NFL team fan anymore anyway. But, but just there, he has a lot of mannerisms that remind you of Aaron Rodgers anyway. And it, it kind of uh, hurts my feelings a little bit. Uh, Jorge Panthers, would you say, would you trade away Sam Howell to get Bryce Young in a dynasty roster right now? So
2: you asked this question to me last night. We talked about it before the show, and I'm changing my answer because I had all this time to think about it. I would not trade away Sam Howell for Bryce Young. Both teams, you don't know what's happening with the coaching situation. Uh, Sam Howell has shown with a porous offensive line getting beat to you-know-what every single week. He still makes plays passing the ball. He makes plays running the ball when he has to. And more importantly, the Washington Commanders have better offensive weaponry around him than the Carolina Panthers will for, for, for the foreseeable future. So I would keep Sam Howland and let someone else deal with the headache for Bryce Young.
1: Yeah, yes, J- I, I JT. Love it. <coughs> JT, same thing. Yeah, you know, I originally, when you asked me, I said, you know, draft capital, you probably got to go Bryce Young. But me personally, I would make that deal to get Howell. I would trade Ray. If I had Bryce Young, I'd trade him away for Howell. I like Howell, but I've been a Howell guy from the beginning. I thought he was underdrafted. I couldn't believe he lasted as long as he did in the draft. Um, He was a guy that I loved in college. Um, I just couldn't believe he fell. Uh, And he's a guy I drafted and took and startups and dynasties everywhere this year. I just, I'm a Sam Howell guy. I actually, with everything that's gone wrong in Washington this year, he still looked really good. If for a guy that's just gotten beat up, I like Howell. I hope that he, whoever comes in, To Washington, if they change coaching staffs and do that, that they stay with him because I actually I think he can be a really good player. I think he he's really shown that he's got that ability. He's got that hit factor. I like Howell a lot. I right now I trust Howell way more than I trust Bryce Young. So I I texted like I don't know how many you
0: know YouTube guys Nick Strift. I texted uh, I I uh, texted Michael Bauer, Kevin Coleman. Like I mean across the board, I wanted to get everybody else is just like I don't want uh. Because he was drafted 101, kind of answer. I wanted to get kind of deep into it, but it's just I I I got this trade yesterday sent to me because I needed a quarterback to and on a, a, an 11 0 team going into week uh, 14. I didn't want to lose just not having a quarterback. And I'm like, do I take this chance to trade away Sam Howell, for, which would, which would have been a bad week anyway <laughs> for Bryce Young to start him. But I mean, it's like still not getting a zero in a Superflex League for your starting quarterback position, not having one and ruining a perfect season by not having a quarterback, but losing the dynasty asset of, you know, it's, it's it was just a tough situation. So I appreciate you guys chiming in on that. It was, uh, I think I'm just going to take the zero this week and not in screw the perfect season. It is what it is. So hopefully I win anyway, but uh, it it was a, uh, it was a dilemma that I was really, really, you know, and I want to make the wrong decision on. So thank you very much for that.
1: John, you never know. I was in a league this week where all I had all the giants and Raiders quarterbacks and a super flex I started zero QBs I actually started Sam Darnold as my quarterback and I still won so and then I'm in another league in a two QB start two QB league where a guy in my division has not had a starting quarterback for four weeks because of injuries and he's won every week and he just made the playoffs without a starting quarterback in a start two QB league for four weeks he actually beat me by two games in our division and I've got Howell T Law and Justin Fields. And I'm, and I lost this guy. I can't believe it. I'm so angry about and it. It I, blows my mind. So you, you could definitely win without having a starting QB this week. It's definitely possible. And
0: here I am with Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, Patrick Mahomes as my three starting quarterbacks in the Super Flex League. And I don't even make the damn playoffs. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> hearing those stories wants me, they just want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> it makes no sense sometimes. Oh, that's just, I want to just, all right, show's over. I'm gonna go punch myself. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Uh where are we at now? Um where are we at the Packers? Wait, no, no. no. Uh, we just did Packers. Yep. We did Packers. Uh Panthers, right? the Oh, Packers. We did the Packers. Uh, we did
1: Packers. We did the
0: Panthers. Bryce Young was the yeah. last one. Patriots. Is there any is there any way to
1: write this ship, JT? I I, This is the lost season. I, you, you just, you start looking towards next year, figure out what you, what changes you're going to make. Is Belichick coming back? Are you going to politely ask him to retire? I, that, that's where you got to figure out what you're doing because this, this, this team is an absolute mess and it's not getting better this year. I, I think you just, I mean, I love the fact that they gave Bailey Zappi a shot. Uh, it didn't go over well with zero points put up. But, uh, I, I mean, I think this, this team is just a wreck. They, they, It's time to break it down and just rebuild. Raiders. Uh, Jorge, Raiders. Should Josh Jacobs just stay with the Raiders, be a bell cow,
0: keep getting paid, or go somewhere else and win a ring?
2: I mean, assuming that they don't fr- franchise tag him and Jacobs has the option, uh, I would go to any contending team I can. I... I the Raiders are are not it, um, you know. Go to Buffalo. Go to go to you know insert team that needs a running back. Uh, any team that needs a running back that's in contention. So uh, go to Baltimore. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's where I want to see Josh Jacobs go and flurry. I don't want to see him uh, still in in Vegas a year from now.
0: Houston, Tennessee. Well, Tennessee's okay like that. Yeah, you know, there's tons of teams out there who can really use a running back. Uh, Minnesota. You know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, a uh, JT Rams. Did you miss the selling window for Cooper cup?
1: Oh, uh, I, I bought him at the, probably the absolute apex worst possible time and paid a ton for him in a few weeks. And I'm just looking back and I'm like, I talked to one of the guys in my leagues I bought him from. And he was like, Oh, I got this guy. This he's like, I got mayor. I got flowers. I got all these guys. And I'm like, man, I really wish I would have, not traded him and kept all those players and got those draft picks, but uh, yeah, at this point, if you're selling him, you're not going to get anywhere near what you could two years ago. And if you bought him, you're not going to get anywhere near what you bought him for, it's just not going to happen. So at this point, I'm just eating, taking my losses, and I'm just keeping them and and hoping I can get whatever I can out of them, uh, production wise. Yeah, I
0: think one of those worst trades I've seen was in one of my leagues. Somebody paid three firsts for J.K. Dobbins right before he got hurt the first time. And it was just like, ever since then, he's like, ah. And his team was like average. Just thought J.K. Dobbins would be like to put him over the edge kind of thing. And just it's been – now he doesn't have J.K. Dobbins or three first-round picks. This yeah, year. those are the
1: trades that just crush your team for years. Crush
0: is right. Uh, uh, shit, here we go. Uh, Jorge, Ravens. Are the Ravens the most overrated team in the NFL right now?
2: Think they're the most underrated team because they come across as the most boring team. Uh, you know, you have these young wide receivers that they're still developing, although Zay Flowers, I feel like, is is the real deal. Uh, you know, you lost Mark Andrews. Okay, Isaiah Likely, he's not Mark Andrews, but he's serviceable. Uh, you look at the defensive line, you know, working, you know, Jadevion Clowney is having a resurgence in his career. Uh Daffy has been playing solid. Justin Matabuki uh is playing fantastic i don't think i think he's had a sack the past nine weeks in a row uh, which has been ridiculous the linebacking core patrick queen Roquan smith and they're getting marlon humphrey back from injury uh yeah i i think they're the most underrated team in, and i think they're still first in the AFC. so um yeah i i'm excited for the ravens uh this year jt all that idp talk, IDP talk made you happy didn't it
1: Oh, yeah. Their defense has been phenomenal. I mean, if you got their players on in IDP leagues, you've been loving it because those guys have been putting up points this year. Yes. Yep. 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 Yep.
0: JT Saints. Jameis Winston might be the Saints mister right now, but after the season, he's probably gone,
1: right? I'm very I'm confused about the whole situation I I, when he stayed it made sense that he thought he would stay because he thought he was going to get a chance to be the starter they go out they get Derek Carr and he just continues to be the backup I at this point I don't know if the window is passed for him and it's like hey now you're just career backup for the rest of the time. I'm not sure if any team would go out there and invest in him as a guaranteed starter. So I think he kind of missed this window. There was opportunity. Um, I hope he gets a shot. I hope he plays well, but um, I just don't know if a team is, is really going to go out there and invest in him, even with how much horrible QB play we've seen. I just don't know if anybody would, I mean, he hasn't done anything enough to commit for a team to commit good money to him, to give him the guaranteed starter job. So I, I would love to see him get a shot somewhere. I just don't know if it's going to happen.
0: I, somebody had said on my timeline when I was, I was you know, Jameis Winston is obviously my favorite player in the league, as everybody knows. I wish he had more chances. But I think at this point in time, somebody had said that he seems content to be a career backup. And that kind of like, it hit my heart a little bit. Like, yeah, maybe you're right. I got to move on to somebody else. You know, it is what it is. So, Jorge Seahawks, you know, Smith's boomer bus best ball resume, it's sustainable long-term as uh, Seattle's, as long as Seattle sneaks the playoffs or should Seattle just bring in some competition next year?
2: Yeah, I think he's doing, I think he's doing fine. Um, You know, it's, yeah, he's had some down weeks. He started off the season kind of slow. Um, But you go back to week nine and let's just talk about, let's talk about week eight really uh, and move back down. You know, finally the offensive tackles started getting healthy. Uh, You know, he had a 20 game, a 22 game, and then he had a horrible game against the Ravens. Uh, but then a 41-point game against ugh, the Commanders, 17-point game, 10-point uh, game against the 49ers. But then you saw last Thursday the 49-point game. Or I, I'm sorry. These are inflated by, uh, by what do you call it, by this league that I'm looking at currently. They have bonus settings, which I just hate. Anyhow, the po- my point is, is that he's been playing really well, uh, has a few bad games here and there. But I wouldn't, you know, you signed him to the contract in the offseason, I don't see why at this point there's a glaring need to bring in competition.
0: All right, I can swallow. I can, I can swallow that. Um, JT Steelers, how big of a
1: loss is Kenny Pickett to his offense? Are the, are the Steelers ready to just throw in a towel or what? I uh, mean, this. It's like as soon like last week or 2 weeks ago, you know, they get rid of Canada, finally every Steelers fan rejoices when they get rid of Canada and you think, "All right, we're turning a corner." And then they come out and just lay an egg against the Cardinals, which again, I was telling people all week before the game started. I was like, "This is a game the Steelers lose every year." Every year they lose to one of the two worst teams in the league. It never fails. And I just kept trying to convince myself that they were going to win, even though I kept telling everyone they were going to lose. And then when they did exactly what I said they were going to do, I still was mad and upset about it. Uh, They they just, they just are not prepared for some of these games. They just take certain teams lightly. Um, And now that Pickett's hurt, I don't know where this offense goes with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it's, I I would hope you'd see some improvement. they got, talent they've got it's not like they don't have good players on offense but they just they cannot find a quarterback to unlock uh all these guys and it's it's really frustrating because the defense has played you know really well for all the injuries the defense has had um and and this team is just it's they've just been a horror to watch all year They, they keep getting wins but they're ugly every game's ugly and you just don't trust them at all
0: yeah, it seems like a Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin eight and eight offense. That's uh, I love Mike Tomlin, but this
1: is just this kind of thing that he does. So, uh, yeah, it, it's every year they do it. Every year you can go back the last decade, and I guarantee you, look through the schedule, and they lost to a bottom three team in a game they never should have lost, and it's happened every year of his career.
0: Jorge Texans, are you targeting Noah Brown, John Mechie, or Brevin Jordan going forward after the tank down injury? Now I say Brevin Jordan because. I was kind of hoping that Brevin Jordan would take over to, you know, he'd have a couple of good weeks and possibly take over to tight end in one role in this offense. But you know, I don't think that's going to happen. That's more of me wish casting because he's on a lot of my teams, but who's uh, the next man up for in, in, in Houston.
2: For, uh, it's Noah Brown. It, it, it's most definitely Noah Brown mentioned it a little bit earlier, you know, in the, in the two games, he either came on in relief for Nico Collins or for Tank Dell uh, back to back 100 yard games. The target share um, is still there. Uh the opportunity is going to be there. He's a huge downfield threat, um, and he's I think in terms of since week ten, I believe he's like second on the team and first target reads. Um, so, yeah, it, it's Noah Brown for me.
0: I was I was kind of pissed off when he didn't fit in with the uh, with 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 Dallas last couple of years. So I'm glad he's getting a chance somewhere else now. Uh, JT Titans, the Tajay Spears toothpaste cannot be put back in the bottle. So is Derrick Henry's days numbered as far as like a bell cow? running back the rest of the season
1: i i just think they want to get spears more involved and again you know they're with the injuries that have happened lately to henry i just don't think they want to just beat him into the ground so I, i i don't think spears is going away anytime soon i i think he's definitely going to be in the mix i i don't think they go away from henry altogether. i just don't see a lot of 20 two 25, 26 carry games in his future, I think they're going to use them, but just I think they're going to definitely mix in Spears going forward.
0: I mean, there's plenty. Of, they both had, like, what, 20 carries last week or something like that? So, I mean, there's, uh, I mean if I'm this team and Will Levis
1: is my QB, I, I'm <laughs> running the ball as much as possible, personally. Get off my boy. <laughs> I, had, I had to get a shot in there, John. <laughs>
0: Uh, Jorge Vikings, should Minnesota start past or Nick Mullins going forward?
2: It has to be the Pasternot, Joshua Dobbs. He had a couple bad games. Denver's defense has been playing really well lately. Uh, Chicago's. You know the acquisition of Montez Sweat and you know the the other defensive end whose name is eluding me right now. Uh, he's actually been playing well. His win rate and presser rate the past couple of weeks has been really well. So that's kind of freeing up Montez Sweat to get some good opportunities one on one with the quarterback. And we saw it happen two weeks ago versus the uh, uh, the Bears. Excuse me, versus the Vikings. So, but anyhow, where I'm going with this? Keep keep the faith in Josh Dobbs. He has a great week 15 and 16 uh, for the first two rounds of the fantasy playoffs.
0: JT, how does Terry McLaurin not catch a ball when the entire game the Commanders are playing from behind?
1: Uh, John, this is, to me, just mind-blowing. How well Howell has played this year and how little McLaurin has gotten targeted. I actually had a conversation with my cousin. Uh, we have him on a roster, and we were like discussing, like, do we sit McLaren this week? And I actually did. I sat him in four different leagues, and I picked the right week to sit him because he did absolutely nothing. I just cannot believe with how much they're throwing the ball, how little he has just been involved. Uh, it, and I hate to say this because I love Howell, but, man, it makes me miss Taylor Heineke because that guy made sure McLaren got the ball no matter what. He force fed him. Uh, the football, but it, they've got to figure out a way. I think McLaren is real frustrated, and I could see where he is not on Washington's team next year. He finds somewhere else to go because uh, he just looks like a dude that's really frustrated right now, and it, it just doesn't make sense how he is not getting looks. Jorge, is a resident Washington Commanders fan, what do you have to say about this?
2: Well, I think Terry McLaurin said it all yesterday. He said, well, I did a lot of cardio on Sunday, so but I'll <laughs> I'll keep, I'll still be there. This is why I have his Jersey because he says, you know, yeah, I did a lot of cardio, but you know what? I'm here to do whatever the team needs. If that means I got a block to help spring the running game or keep, you know, my fellow wide receivers going, like I'll do whatever it takes. And and that's why he's the captain of the team. As far as the certain rumors I've been hearing about like, Oh, they got to get rid of McClure and he's gone. He's not gone. He's not going anywhere. That's there. No, stop that. He's the captain of the team. He's not going anywhere.
0: Stop it. Stop it. All right. Very stop good. It. Thanks for my, uh, 32 team hits, quick hits over there. All right, real fast, we're going to run through some trades. Uh, we're not evaluating the team this week. Uh, it's towards the end of the week, uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, a lot of trades are going to happen next couple of weeks, so I'm going to leave rosters as is. But we're going to go through the, these uh, Mighty, McGlynn, Mighty McGlynn Home League recent trades. 12-team, 30-man deep rosters, no kickers, no defense, super flex, tight end premium, .75, uh, five touchdown, two, t- two interception point system. Bonuses for 300-yard passing, 400-yard passing, 100-yard bonus, six-point 100-yard bonus for uh, rushing and receiving, that kind of stuff. So, Brainiacs, uh, we asked this one last week, but uh, Jorge, I wanted to get your kind of uh, take on this. Puka Naku and Joe Burrow, for a team that's winning right – a team traded away Puka Nakua and Joe Burrow. They got Jamar Chase and Bryce Young. Uh, what do you think
2: about that trade? Which side would you want? That's, I feel like that's horrible. I would rather have – especially for a five-touchdown, Point. Give me Joe Burrow and Puka Nakua versus Bryce Young, who we just talked about earlier, who we just have no idea what the hell's going on there. And they're not going to be in a good situation for years. I get it. Chamar Chase has that upside. But uh, for the five touchdown, two interception thing, Burrow and Nakua, that for me, I'd rather have that. Good man. That's
0: all right. Good. Uh, Both the, uh, JT, James Cook for Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell in a 25 second. Would you rather have James Cook or Keaton Mitchell in a 25 second?
1: Uh, Mitchell in 25 second. For me, I'm just not a James Cook guy personally. Um, I just it's not even keep Mitchell really. I want that second, I'd rather take a second, especially this upcoming season because I think there's going to be a load of wide receivers and rookie drafts that are going to be in that second round. I want as many second round picks this year as I can get. That's a 25 second, but I mean, that's okay. 25 second, I definitely really want the 24 second personally. Um, <laughs> excuse me, if I don't if I'm not playing Cook and I don't really need him. I'd probably make the trade, but that's... I, just, I still think the the Bills go and do something different at running back. I just don't trust Cook as a long-term answer there personally.
0: Jorge, Cook or Keith Mitchell in a late 25 second? What looks to be a late twenty five. I, I,
2: I would keep Cook because um, if we're making this decision right now, I'd keep Cook because we have no idea what the running back situation is going to be for the Bills. They haven't invested anybody outside of James Cook, so... Uh, the 25 second that's no, That for me, is too far away.
0: Okay. Uh, AT Perry, Cleo Shakir and Zach Evans for Sam Donald, Kenny Gainwell and a 25 fourth. Which side do you want? Jorge? What do you think?
2: I want the AT Perry, Khalil Shakir side. Uh, more so for for AT Perry. Um, and Zach Evans, we don't know. Is Kyron Williams the guy in Los Angeles? He's playing well now, but is he the guy or just a guy? Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. And I have no interest in Sam Darnold. Gainwell is the third option on the team rushing. And again, the 25th, 25th, uh, 4th. Again, I, I, that means nothing to me at this point.
0: JT, he said he has no interest in Donald. That makes both of us mad. But but the hardest thing here was I traded away my, my own Kenny Gainwell to make this trade happen. So uh, what do you think? Which side do you take, uh, JT?
1: Yeah, I, I'm an A.T. Perry guy. I actually think that he's going to have some upside going forward. I like him going into next season. Uh, I'd probably take the Perry side personally. If you had, like, and you're desperate for running back and you got Gainwell because you had to play him, I guess – uh, but I'm I'm taking the AT Perry side uh from the outside. Yeah, okay. The Bavaro League. Uh Waddle, late 24
0: second, a twenty-five second for Minshew, Pittman, Flowers, and, and a twenty-four late third. Jalen Waddle, a twenty-four second, a twenty-five second for Minshew, Pittman, Flowers, and a twenty-four late third.
2: Either one of you guys. I I'd take Minshew, Pittman, and Flowers in the twenty-four late third. Um uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I you know, you know, uh, you know, I say, you know, yeah, I believe that. Like, I, I believe, I believe in the town of flowers. Pittman hasn't been, he's, he's very much like the deep throwing, deep receiving wide receiver. He's not like super efficient, but he's, he's the number one there. Uh, and the 24 late third, you mentioned the wide receiver class being deep this year. Give me that. Um, yeah. Give me that. JT. Uh, if I'm in need of a
1: quarterback in a super flex, I'm taking the Minshew side because I love the Minshew Pittman stack. He is just force feeding Pittman balls. I mean, he's getting 10, 11, 12 targets a game, uh, lately. Uh, he's just, that's the, his go-to guy. If I'm in the race for the playoffs and I'm trying to make a move to win it, I'm taking the Minshew Pittman. Plus I love flowers. I think flowers have got huge upside going forward. Um, I like waddle a ton. I like the seconds, but if I'm competing and I'm trying to make a run this year, I want Pittman, Minshew, and Flowers. Yeah, this is both like middle range teams, so this is a uh, you know I, I get it. This, but there
0: was a uh, a good trade across the board: Jalen Guyton for a 24 fourth.
2: Yeah, I would do it. I would I would yeah. take the 24 yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Samaji P Ryan in a 24 late first for Rashad White tw- uh, 24 early fourth. Oh, that was it. So Samaj P Ryan and in late and a twenty fourth. So pretty much Rashad White for a first and Samaj P Ryan for a early fourth. Which side do you want? I, I want the
2: first. I want the first round pick. I, yeah, I, yeah. Rashad White. You know, he in recent weeks his yards per carry average has been going up, but for the longest time it's been sub three. His only real asset was in, in you know. Catching you know seventy yard passes you know once a game and then you take that away and he's only averaging two point five yards on thirty nine yards carrying like no I'll, give me the give me the, the, the potential for upside for the late first
0: yeah I've always I was not a Rashad White fan he's of course that trade away, he went nuts but uh yeah I'll take the first also I don't I yeah although White's having a nice situation on on uh, Tampa Bay I want to start from scratch with uh, with somebody else. Uh Brandon Cooks for a 24 mid fourth. Uh,
2: I'm, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, T- I was T- gonna
1: go say go. I'm taking Cooks. If it's a fourth for Brandon Cooks, I'm taking Cooks for sure.
2: Yes. Yeah, if I'm especially if I'm in contention, I'm, I'm taking Cooks this year.
0: Yeah. yeah, this is somebody trying to get rid of max points four on their team, just trying to, and they really couldn't get much for Cooks because of his age, like that. You know, I, I mean, he's producing, he's doing really good on the field. I'm not sure why a third wouldn't happen across the board. I, I spammed the league to try and get rid of Cooks to get my max points four down, and it's all I can get was mid-fourth form. unfortunately. I would have loved to keep the guy. I probably should have, but I'm trying to get as much lottery balls as I can in the first round in my draft lottery, so I had to do what I had to do. But uh, all right, Lamar Jackson for Joe Burrow in a mid-24 first. So, Jorge, we'll start with you because we asked this question last week. Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow in a mid 24 first. This is obviously somebody in winning contention that traded for Lamar Jackson right now. They got rid of Joe Burrow in a first.
2: Oh, I'd rather have Joe Burrow in the first just because of a first. The pick is what's selling me right here. Uh, so, yeah, I would take Joe Burrow. You know the weapons he has. Lamar Jackson, you know, um, look, they're both great quarterbacks. What really sets it apart is to give you the extra first round pick uh, for me. Yeah, yeah
0: Absolutely. Um, JT, Brevin Jordan or Charlie Kohler, Daniel Bellinger, and a fifth-round pick?
1: Uh, Jordan for who now? Who was the package?
0: Brevin Jordan was the first part. The next one was Charlie Kohler, um, Daniel Bellinger, and a 25th, 25th year fifth. So a lot of
1: garbage going on here. I'm probably taking the package, but that's just because I like Bellinger. I like his upside. I know he's uh, he, the passing game is not great in – in New York right now with the Giants, but I like, I actually like Bellinger. I personally like him a little better than Brevin Jordan. So that's the only reason I'm taking that move though. I think, you know, probably right now, Brevin Jordan has a little more value, but I like Bellinger for the future.
2: Jorge. Uh, Give me Brevin Jordan. I like the high powered passing offense uh, in Houston. Give me another receiving weapon just in case Schultz goes down or maybe they find a way to incorporate both of these tight ends. Um, going forward even so you know tie me basically tie me to the player who has the best quarterback situation going on in this case
0: there you go all right kind of a big boy trade here dk Metcalf and dk Metcalf, ken walker in a 24 first and a late 24 first and late 24 second what it looks like right now for tyreek hill and austin eckler
2: i i would not get rid of dk or ken walker in a first and a second for tyreek hill Tyreek Hill, how many more years is he going to play? One. Austin Eckler has looked like a shell of himself. Uh, there's probably a reason why now we're trying to understand why the Chargers didn't give him that long-term extension. Uh, so, yeah, give me Metcalf and the upside of Walker, even if he's playing in a committee with Charbonnet.
0: I'm kind of scared that if Tyreek Hill gets his 2,000 yards this year, he's going to walk away from the game. And to be honest with you, like, I don't – what's the reason for playing? He's got enough money now. He's, got, he's already been into social media stuff. Uh, he brain. breaks the record – so, I don't. Know. What do yeah, you he's,
2: think? Got a, he's got a Super Bowl ring. So, like, what is, what is right. left?
1: Yeah. What is left is right. JT, what do you think about this trade? Yeah, I mean, I like, I love Tyreek Hill, but I, I agree. I think I want the younger upside guys, and Eckler is, yeah, he's been right. He's not the guy he, he's been in the past. Um, I, yeah, I, I want, I want, I want Walker. I want DK. I want the young guys, the upside there. Kind of a BS trade, but I can't believe I pulled it off. I got Andy Losevis
0: in and an early 24 third for Tim Boyle and two late 24 fourths and probably a late 25 fifth. I mean, I
1: really don't understand. You know, one of you guys can chime in here, but I, yeah, third. I don't I want the side that isn't Tim Boyle. <laughs> that's, that's, that's uh, the side. I want the other side,
2: right? And we, you know, you don't know if you Shavis or if you don't know if it's going to be Trent Irwin uh who takes over uh when when t higgins leaves and i believe t higgins is not gonna be a bangle after this season so uh gimme give, give me the pick uh, 24 third and Yeshivas for upside. That's
0: right. Well Shivis I don't know why I have a problem saying that we'll it's this. tricky. I didn't know how
2: that's how it's pronounced first. I heard somebody say it. I'm like oh I'm writing that down. Good to know. Yeah
0: Damian I Pierce. butchered every time. Yeah the Westlawn All Stars. Damian Pearson early oh wait. Jamie Pearson in early 24-4th for a late 24-3rd. Um,
2: God, he's just been playing so damn bad, right? Like, it's just so inefficient. And the fact that Devin Singletary is taking away opportunities from you, I, I don't know what that, that says. And you figure with a high-power passing offense that that would help, again, keep boxes less stacked against uh, the run. And Damian Pierce still can't get off the ground. Literally, um, I may just say, you know what? That was a nice rookie campaign you had there. Give me the third.
0: I think Damian Pierce is nothing that. more than a roster clogger at this point in time, unfortunately. And I was a big Damian Pierce guy coming out of college. So, I mean, I was that guy. I, him and Jerome Ford were my one, of, you know, not my favorites, obviously. There was, but they were really guys I was targeting in the late second, early third round in most of my drafts. So,
1: um, it is what it is. JT. Uh, yeah, I I probably take the third. I I'm kind of mad at myself. I missed the sell window on Pierce with a couple teams. I had some people interested in him off season, and I kind of was hesitant to pull the trigger. And I'm mad at myself that I didn't sell him when I had a chance. Somebody offered me Damian Pierce for pooping the cool
0: like earlier, but pre preseason, I'm like, no, nah, I'm keeping Damian Pierce. Now, no. like that just
1: hurts me. It hurts my soul <laughs> that I didn't do that. I mean, early in the year, that's probably. I mean most people would have kept Pierce, but yeah, that, that, that's one of those ones you look back and you're like, I wish I would have known. I could have been a huge. Yeah. Well, uh, usually
0: we do a team evaluation, like I, but we already said, uh, like before, this is one of those things where it's just, there's going to be so much change in these leagues next couple weeks, because as soon as we find out who made the playoffs this week's big for pretty much, uh, you know, at least a third of the league, if not a half the league, as far as uh, who makes the playoffs, who doesn't, you know, for getting uh max points for stuff off your roster, all that kind of thing. So, uh, we'll see, but, um, but, uh, JT, where's everybody at? Tell everybody you can find you at again. What's going on.
1: Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, uh, JT orange. Uh, you can also check out my show, the stew with JT brew on dynasty pros, Check me out on there. Um, Also, my IDP rankings are on DLF, so if you're a member of DLF, you can check out my IDP rankings there, and I write a weekly waiver wire column for fan tracks, uh, IDP waiver wire. So if you're looking for guys to pick up week to week, uh, that's a good spot to find me there. And also, Debbie's show at DynastyProsFootball.com. Check it out. We talked about Transfer Portal, guys, last night. We're probably going to be talking about the Transfer Portal for the whole next month, Um, so if you're into Debbie, any any of that stuff C two C CFF, uh, check me out there. I'll, we always do a show on Tuesdays and Thursdays.
0: Very good, Jorge. Want to see us out?
2: Sure. Yeah, uh, you can find me at on X at Jorge P Edwards. i rather you follow at Fantasy and Frames. Head over to Fantasy for our articles and our rankings uh, for offense and for IDP, as well as Dynasty and Dynasty IDP uh, sleepers, best ball, you name it, rookies, prospects, all that jazz as Well, as follow us uh, at Fantasy and Frames on all the debates, your social media networks, and on YouTube. Uh,
0: I just joined the Fantasy and Frames team and I met them all at the expo. Uh, all super nice people. I they're you know nicer in person than they are in, on, I, online, and it's, it's hard to even say they're awesome online too. And you know, they I, I join them, I, I don't do much for them, but when I put content out literally two hours later, it's already on the internet, uh, you know, cleaned up with, with all the action graphics, and everybody turns stuff in. They turn stuff over. It's, it's content that comes out right away. Great group of people, fantasy and frames. I, I, I couldn't be happier. Like, you know, just kind of being in the same room with you guys, even though I'm not like a major producer or, or, or a content creator, I do my part now. Hopefully I'll be able to do more later, but uh, just thanks for having me aboard Jorge. You have no idea how much it means to me to be part of your team. And uh, thanks a lot. And thanks for everybody for watching the commissioner evaluation show. This is uh, what I do for fun. This is my hobby. This is my, uh, my baby here, so uh, I'll be all over the internet. These guys are all over the place all the time with great IDP stuff, great, you know, I, you know, uh, Devi, great, great dynasty, great redraft, great everything. It looks uh, all kind of uh, social media stuff. Just follow Fantasy and Frames, uh, follow everything JT does, JT, the stew and brew with the, 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 the stew and brew, all the good stuff on the internet. So, very much thank you, very much, everybody, for watching. And uh, follow me, John McGlynn 75, my YouTube channel. You can find this, and it'll be on all the major uh, podcast networks also coming out this week. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next week.